Today we discuss why if it fits your macros sucks. might not be <laughs> sucks. Might not be as great as you think it is. Yeah, just typical issues to avoid, problems that come up with it and how to deal with them. Yeah. Let's go. What are your thoughts on if it fits your macros anyway? It depends. It depends on the context, it depends what kind of if it fits your macros people are doing. Should we define what if it fits your macros is for those that don't know? Should we begin that way? Yeah. I think people should know. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll put my bit, you add your bit at the end, but if it fits your macros, dear listener, if you don't know what it is, <laughs> is, is um, we, we've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately, so if I'm, if I'm starting to talk in posh English riddles, you know why. But anyway, if it fits your macros is something where you track your macronutrients, right? And when we say macronutrients, we mean proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And it basically defines a group of people that eat all of their food fitting in their macros. So say you've prescribed yourself. usually. Yeah, calories, but that's implied via macros, right? But so yeah, I think yeah, yeah. if we start with macros and then go into calories, actually, right. So one gram of protein is four calories, one gram of carbohydrate is four calories, one gram of fat is nine calories, right? But ignoring that one fact gram of for a second. Is seven. One gram of alcohol is seven. But ignoring those facts for a second, people give themselves, and you'll have seen this around the internet, let's say, today I have to eat 180 grams of protein, 200 grams of carbohydrates and 90 grams of fat. Just That's just an arbitrary number that I've picked. And what happens in the if it fits your macros crowd is that you can eat anything you want as long as you hit those macronutrients, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether your 180 grams of protein come from lean, wild meat sources or fish that isn't farmed or whatever. It can be from protein bars. It can be from just purely whey. It just doesn't matter as long as it fits your macros, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what's, I mean, there's always people, and I guess we'll go into this in a second, people argue against this in a way, mm -hmm. because there are two different camps in the If It Fits Your Macros world. One of them is, and this is, this is the majority of people, and to be, to be fair, to be totally frank, years and years ago, we fell within that bracket. For sure, right? yeah, for sure. Um, before health became a concern. And I'll be totally honest, I think it played into the fact that my health got worse for a while. Okay. Um, but we can go into that another time. But essentially, like you said, it's usually using particular apps to track calories. You go, okay, you know, let's, you know, I'm going to make this meal with my, with my rice, my chicken, my broccoli, mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is. And, um... You just enter it into your app, and by the end of the day, you know if you've gone over, or if you're under, or you know whatever, and you just pick things accordingly. Yeah. Um, what is the problem with that? Well, it depends. So, it depends on food sources a lot of the time. So you know, it it depends to what extent you are, and if it fits your macros fanatic, right? So it depends whether you think that, say, for example, the negative sides of tracking aside, just as as a system. You eat really well 80% of the time and you manage to sneak in a donut here and there for your mental health, for everything else, because it fits your, your carbohydrate limits, right? Mm. There's actually nothing really inherently wrong with that. Yeah, but The danger, obviously, yeah. is when you're just abusing the power that you have. And we actually talk about this quite a lot. Don't abuse the power that you have, right? Don't give yourself too much leeway because we're all drawn to the dark side sometimes, <laughs> right? We're all drawn to having too much power, to abusing what we can actually do, so... You know, the, the temptation would be, especially if, and I think, again, dear listener, we must be frank with ourselves here. 
if you are in a place where you are overweight, it's not because you're super in control of your life, right? It's because you are tempted to the dark side, right? To eating mm. too many biscuits, to abusing the power that you might have, right? So if it fits your macros in that environment, it's dangerous because you're not learning about food choices. You're not learning about how to actually eat for satiation. You're just fitting into an algorithm. Yeah, satiety. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the interesting thing is there are two camps, right? You'll have the sort of the clean eating camp, which has been, well, sort of, which has come into the press negatively over mm. the past year. Um, clean eating being just eating whole foods, right? Yeah. And trying to avoid junk food and sweet food. And then there's the camp where people go, you know what, there's nothing inherently wrong with sugar. There's nothing inherently wrong with biscuits. There's nothing inherently wrong with cake. Um, and you can argue both sides. And the problem is that, yes, fundamentally, if you look at it, on its own, there's nothing wrong with a cookie. No, of course. Right. Yeah. The problem is when you look at it from an evolutionary perspective and when you look at it from a health perspective. Yeah, or because just that, a sustainability perspective yeah, as well. Because yeah. at what point do you draw the line between a cookie is fine, but 20 is not, right? Yeah. And we're, we're not going to go into professional athletes because they're in a different category where they have to get their calories from, let's call them poor quality foods, like... Yeah cookies, pizza, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But from the, for, the, for the majority of the population where it's about losing weight, toning up, building a bit of muscle, looking good, feeling good, would you, you know, I, and I'm talking to you, whoever's listening, would you consider that what you're currently doing in terms of your food intake and your life is optimal for you to feel amazing and for you to achieve your goals? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to answer in this listener's place <laughs> because we haven't got any well, direct I'm, feedback. Well, no, no, I mean, it's just something to think about. It's something to think about for sure. I think what everyone underappreciates is, you know, again, not to make too many Star Wars references, but this, which side you fall on? You know, are you drawn to, to, to being on the dark side? And by that, I mean, are you someone who can realistically have one cookie a day? Are you that person? And if you are, then absolutely do your thing. Like if the rest of the time you eat well, one cookie at the end of the day doesn't make a difference. No. I don't know anyone like that. Or I might know two people. I think you might fall into that bracket actually. Although Alexi, you'll be you'll be interested to know, um, whoever's listening to this is also sometimes a binge eater of pancakes. <laughs> so, but the point is most people can't just have a cookie a day. Right? Yeah. Most people have a cookie and I fall into this bracket. Like I just don't buy cookies because I've got no self-control and I eat all the cookies. Right? So this is where it becomes really dangerous. And I think... It's interesting when people give clean eating a bad press and normally it's because they need something to go against, the whole us versus you thing. I mean, that's a really marketable way of doing stuff. And also, I mean, the reason it, I think, if I remember correctly, the reason, you know, there was a whole clean eating Alice. I don't know if you know who clean eating Alice is, but it's some, no. someone on Instagram. She clean, changed, sorry, clean eating Alice? Alice yeah, right. she changed the name to something else. I can't remember what it is. But... Um, it was because there was this people were coming out with a link between obsessively eating clean mm. um, and basically sort of uh, food disorders, as in food disorders. You mean mental disorders? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's called a food disorder. <laughs> Not food disorders. Yeah, I can't think of the term right now. But you, you know what I mean. Where yeah. you become obsessive, yeah, about your food intake and every aspect of your life and that it could potentially be damaging in the same way that if you're if you constantly and, and there's something we can talk about mm. but if you're constantly tracking calories 
is there a place where it becomes detrimental? Yeah, I mean, so I was looking at... It's funny you should mention the mental health side of things. And I think you. it depends how you approach any topic. I think the moment that you inherently track something and you become more aware of it, potential problems arise. Um, that's why we have this automated system that just deals with food choices, plate layout, calories automatically, so you don't have to put that much effort into it. But mm. really what happened is I was reading a study fairly recently, and by that I mean six months ago or something like that, which said that out of the participants, and I think it was something like 100 or 150, something like that, quite a decent N number, so N number referring to how many people are actually doing it. Um, in all cases of those that they felt that they had an eating disorder, 85% of those were tracking and felt that the tracking was causal. So this is what spiraled them all out of control. So in other words... So using the, these apps yeah. to track every calorie, every macronutrient, actually felt like a causal reason for eating disorders in 85% of the people that had an eating disorder. Eating disorder, right? that's the term I was looking That for. is the term you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I think food disorder, I think everyone knows what you mean, but yeah. it is an eating disorder. But um, yeah, so that's quite a strong message. Yeah, but I mean... What was the classification of, uh, of an eating disorder? Eating disorder, someone who gets anxious about food consumption. You know, someone who's overly stressed. So anxiety about food can lead to, you know, burge, uh, burge, binge, binge purge cycles. Mm. <laughs> We're really doing well with English today. Binge purge cycles or chronic under eating, right, in an anorexic sense. Yeah. Or, you know, even chronic overeating. People go the absolute other way. Um, a lot of the time it's, people feeling a lack of control with their food, right? And then someone gives them a way to control every single aspect and then it just goes massively over the top. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing about clean eating. And I mean, I'm more in the... Well, we'll discuss what we think is best in a second. But yeah, um, that is a good point because from personal experience, um, not for myself because I've never struggled with weight, but you have. Yeah. Um, but working with clients who wanted to track calories and when we used calorie tracking, which, don't get me wrong, is a fantastic tool if you're trying to lose weight yeah. or gain weight or you're trying to understand things a little bit better in terms of what's in food. But a lot of the time, once they reached their goal, it got to this stage where they had to continue tracking because they'd be lost otherwise. Yeah. They're sort of, you know, you, you lose weight, you lose your 10 kilos, 20 kilos, <clears throat> whatever that is in pounds, 40 pounds. Who knows? It's yeah. a mythical system. <laughs> 40 pounds. Um, but you lose that weight and you look good and you feel good. And then you think, cool, I've achieved my target. Yeah. What now? Right. And usually there's another target. But a lot of the time what happens is you just get stuck. And you yeah. go, oh, I've got to continue tracking. Do you have to continue tracking for my entire life to maintain this shape or to keep making progress? Yeah. And this is, this is really, this is the challenge. Well, I mean, so that's a really good point. You know, the, the question is, of course, um, we can kind of dissect this in two different ways. So one of them is, do you want to be someone who has, you know, a goal-driven fitness life their whole life? Or do you want to eventually reach a point where you're just happy? Mm. Right. So this is the question. Do you want to keep hopping from fitness goal to fitness goal, obsessively tracking your calories and your macros all the way there, causing yourself potential you know, issues. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence that the fin fitness industry as a whole is riddled with eating disorders. Riddled oh, people with people right? are so, so obsessive. So this is the industry that's supposed to model health and fitness. And ironically, it kind of does neither of the two because most people aren't that healthy and 
also their kind of surface level fit, not actually fit, right? Mm. So that's quite interesting. But either way, the question is, do we want to reach a point where eventually you're automatically in good shape and happy and energetic and everything else? That surely is the long-term goal, right? It's not how massive can I get by the time that I'm 60 years old. It's I'm now going to train to gain muscle. I'm going to learn how to do it. And when I'm happy with how I look, I want to be able to maintain it without not being able to live my life. Yeah. So, so we always talk about this, right? Fitness and health should add to your life, not subtract from it. And so it depends, again, how you look at things. But I would argue that obsessively tracking your calories, getting really wound out up about eating 10 grams too much, uh, sorry, 10 grams of carbs over your limit that day, like it will make any significant difference. Um, that's not a way to actually live your life over the long term. Yep. That's, how, that's how I see it. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the important message is fitness and your weight loss or your weight gain, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Obviously, there are exceptions if you're an actor and whatever, and you're trying to get yeah. to a certain point. But generally speaking, for 99.9% of people, it should, it should make you feel better. You should feel great. You should, you should sleep well. You should, yeah. feel, you, know, you should feel confident in yourself. You should be able to look at your body and think, you know what? I'm fairly happy with this. Yeah, or saw something that I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah, or you move, or yeah. you, yeah, like you said, you're moving in the right direction towards what you would like to achieve. Yeah, um, the important thing is that you get there in a way that you can maintain afterwards. Yeah, and you made a really good point along um, this kind of line that you were just making is that you know fitness should make you sleep better you should be more energetic you should look better and you should feel better your sex drive shouldn't be in the toilet <laughs> like yeah. your hormones shouldn't be totally fucked because you've been dieting really hard for the last 9 months to be instagram fit right yeah you should like everything should be better it shouldn't be worse right and if it fits your macros is not the reason we don't use it um and the reason why i personally think it sucks is that it doesn't account for how you should feel now if you can use it and you're eating well 90% of the time, and you can stay on the light side, so to speak, and not abuse your power, then I don't actually think beyond the mental side of things it'll do you any great deal of damage. I think it's fine. Mm. But the point is most people are weak, right? Most yeah. of us are weak. There are very few holy people in this world that can stick to things yeah. and look at it totally objectively. And I don't, I, it's not really weakness. That's the, that's the, that's the thing, and I think, I think that's where a lot of people get, sort of get it wrong, is it's not inherent weakness is we're controlled by so many things right, that yeah. are almost out of our con- control in a way. Yeah. So, so on, on one side of... Sorry, you can... No, no, I, I just meant to say, when I, was, I wasn't calling you weak. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I, know I was saying you, human weaknesses, right? Yeah, yeah, Normal yeah, yeah. human desires and whatever. But what, what I'm saying is that these a lot of these desires and these things we do are driven by things like our gut biome. So, you know, the, the bacteria we have in our large intestines, so the more you eat of a certain thing... Mm. the more your gut biome will adjust in that direction. And when you don't have that particular thing, it'll make you crave that particular thing. Right. Or if you're eating poorly and your blood sugar control isn't great and then you decide to eat well, of course you will start craving because your blood sugar is all over the place to begin with. Once it stabilizes, it'll be really easy. Yeah. Um, and then the other aspect is also the evolutionary aspect, which we've already sort of discussed a little bit. But we're designed to search for things and eat things that are calorific. Calories mean you will survive in the wild. You'll be able to, you know, have offspring. You'll do well. Mm. So if you find something that's sweet, which would have been quite rare in the past, yeah. or something that's fatty, or you know, whatever combination, but something that really sort of hits the spot, 
Yeah. That's, those are things you're built to find and built to have. Yeah. Now, the problem is that now we have, you know, hyperpalatable foods, meaning foods that are just immensely nice that you yeah. can just have over and over and over and you'll just crave them more and more and more. Yeah. But it's realistically not what you're designed to have. And like you said, if you have it every now and again, that's not a problem. But really what you're doing, if you, especially if you're someone that's started losing weight and you have a bit of control issues, you know, don't put yourself in a situation where you go into a shop where you're hung, when you're hungry. Because inevitably, I don't, I don't know anyone who goes into a shop hungry um, to buy their food and leaves with nothing but quality food. Just, you know, it's everything. <laughs> Apples and peppers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything is designed, the way a shop is laid out is designed to make you buy stuff on the way out. Yeah. You know, you've got your Snickers yeah. bars, you've got your chocolate, it's all lined up. Colors, up. everything. Yeah, it's all yeah. lined up there so that you, you know, you walk in, you smell the fresh bread and, oh, you know, whatever. But by the end, when you're waiting to pay, there's stuff sitting there on the side so that that hungry goes, goes, ooh, you know, maybe, and this is where you start talking yourself into buying those particular things. You go, I deserve this today because I did my 5,000 steps or my 6,000 steps or I've been to the gym or I slept yeah. well. Whatever, you know, you will always find, you will justify an action that's emotional. Yeah. Or an, you're, you know, you're hungry and you crave some things so you will, your brain... And you will find any excuse to have that thing when in reality it isn't really, you know, an excuse. What you want? Yes, of course. Yeah. No, it's, of course. It's, it's, it's just reasoning emotion. And a lot of the time that's how we make our choices. And that's the problem with eating like that. Um, unless you fall into that sort of small bracket, let's say 5% of people um, that do bodybuilding that are obsessive with that particular thing right. or, you know, powerlifting or a sport where you have to weigh a certain amount, then yes, you know, you're, you're obsessive because you have to be, but yeah. the, the, the majority of people aren't in that boat and yeah. whether they decide to gain weight or lose weight, depending on their choices, doesn't affect anyone but them, but them, it doesn't affect their career massively. It may do, but that's something we can talk about, you know, another time. Yeah. But those decisions add up over time. Of course, no. Um, we actually say this in, in both of our ebooks, and it's someone's quote, and it's my quote, <laughs> but I put it in there in massive letters. I think it is something like, if unless you are a bodybuilder, a high-end athlete, or a physique athlete, there's no reason for you to be counting calories, mm. right? Or macronutrients. And it's true, why would you subject yourself to that additional stress Right, of being worried about your consumption and everything else all the time if you don't need to be. It's not fun. No, no one likes being stressed. So, you know, that's that's one of the other reasons. So we've we've covered if it fits your macros in terms of food selection sense, in terms of our inherent weaknesses as people trying to, you know, beat our own instincts. We're looking for hyperpalatable foods, so things that are very sugary, things that are very fatty. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we're now moving into a realm by which food selection actually affects our health. Right, and you, you were saying that you had some health complications before. Do you want to run us through that? Well, in, in, how, how much detail a, do you mean? Not in too much detail. Well, um, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the downsides, and again, you know, for some people this might be fine, but um, because of work and because I wasn't sleeping enough, because I was leading a fairly stressful life, although yeah. 
Um, you know, it was something I really enjoyed and is, and is something I still really enjoy. The fact that I was also training seven days a week, and to be honest, the aim at the time was just to gain muscle mass. Yeah. Right? That's not my aim anymore. I don't care, really. It's just about feeling good, looking good. Yeah. Um, that, that's pretty much it. But at the time, it was all right. How much muscle can I build in X amount of time, six months? So I was, um, I was having cyclic dextrins. Dextrins. <laughs> I don't even know what you're trying to say. Um, but it's basically a. Um, you're talking about post-workout carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's basically a, it's a sugar, and um, you have it in your shake. The problem is that at that point in time, I didn't consider anything like gut health. Yeah. Right. And bombarding yourself with fifty grams or whatever it was at the time, almost every day with 50 grams of sugar, immediately post-workout. This is pure sugar, right? So this, this is very refined. This isn't in anything. This is no, just it's, not, it's not sweet. Right. It doesn't taste sweet, but it's, it's a sugar. Right. right? Um, it's an extremely refined carb. And did it make a difference, potentially? Maybe right? a bit. But I mean... To... But, but, the, but the, like I said, the issue is the long-term implications because um, eventually I started having all sorts of issues um, Predominantly gut issues, so you know it could be linked to that. It could be linked to stress. It could be linked to everything, mm. um, and eventually developed what probably a celiac disease because, um, well, that's what the the antibodies in the blood say. Yeah, and so, so it's, on. It's pretty conclusive. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty conclusive. I um, that's why I don't have any gluten. Yeah. Um, do I think gluten's bad? No, not for everyone, but in my case, it is. Yeah. So, um, and it had. And it made my life really, really shit for a long period of time. You know, it's it it, it took me uh, almost until now, and I'm still working on it to get back to yeah. full health. Right? It took me a year and a half to get from feeling completely miserable to feeling okay, and then from that point to now to feeling pretty good. You know, like ninety seven percent. Yeah. Fine. And the people I've worked with, with, um, with a bunch of doctors, um, one good group are called Nourish, Balance, Thrive. And, um, are called what, sorry? Nourish, Balance, Thrive. Nourish, Balance, Thrive. Right. Yeah. Okay. In the US. Um, and they do a good job of, well, they do an excellent job in terms of, you know, doing blood tests, dual tests, uh, health tests all the time, um, readjusting things. And, um, and, and, and this ties into, and this is exactly like dieting. This is why, you know, I think it's important because mm. a lot of the changes we made or a lot of the things we did were food related. Okay. Right. Now, even though I, it worked for me, it wasn't about gaining weight or losing weight. It was about regaining my health. Yeah. I still had to focus on food. So food was the primary thing where I had to go, okay, I need to be careful with this. I can't have this, 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 because my aim is to get to this point in terms of how I feel. Yeah. Right. So that meant I left out sweet food most of the time. Um, I ate really, really well, and I still eat really, really well by most people's standards. Yeah. Um, by everyone's standards, I think <laughs> you eat very well. But it took me a while to learn. Right. Yeah. Not a while. Well, it's because there's always cravings, and the thing is. When you cycle back out of that eating well, 
um, and you start buying more of a particular thing. So you start having more sweet food, da da da. Then, like I said, you start craving it. Yeah. And then you've got to battle your way back out of it. Yeah. Now the the the, the point is, you know, what, you know, what what is the actual purpose of what you're trying to achieve? And if your purpose is to lose weight or to be healthy, then surely your food should be quality food. Yeah, so for you, if I understand correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you went from a place where your physique was the priority and mm-hmm. therefore you were more in a, in a typical if it fits your macros frame where you were like, I need to get my total number of X, my 50 grams of carbohydrates in post-workout. doesn't really matter that it's from this source that doesn't contain any fiber or any vitamins or minerals or anything else. It's just, I need to get in these carbohydrates. Yeah. So you went from that mental state to working with other professionals where food source became much more of a concern as opposed to specific macronutrients. Yeah, and I mean, before I started working with them, I worked on what I ate for a good year or so, a year yeah. and a half. I was doing research, I was, and I'm still doing research into all these things um, and how they impact different parts of the body. And making those changes myself made a huge difference, you know, and then making the changes afterwards made even more of a difference. But the thing to bear in mind for everyone is always, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, and then, like we said, the reason I don't think if it fits your macros is useful, and I've tried it, and I think it's useful for weight loss and weight gain if you're really, really struggling. But the problem is always that that, that being dependent on your phone and being dependent on the apps to track everything. Yeah. And constantly being in that place. Whereas if you, if you actually focus on something like nutrient density, right? In this yeah. case, it's minerals, vitamins, and a whole host of other stuff. If you focus on those things and you get those from whole food, right? You could call this clean eating, but it's, it's mainly just focusing on eating well. Then you will probably be in a place where you lose weight. Right, yes, um, of course. Or if you find, if you don't want to lose weight, and um, then you can adjust things to gain weight. And you can just have things that are calorie dense, but also nutrient dense. Yeah. So you're doing two things. You're one, you're look, making sure that your body functions well and that you'll feel good for a long time. Um, or you're just losing weight and you're making sure that you look good, you feel good, but it'll make you feel so much better. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, I mean, that's, again, when we talk about weight loss, um, let's ignore muscle gain, gain, muscle gain, muscle gain for the sake of this conversation, because mm. normally people want to, you know, I don't know a lot of people that, that, you know, not to sound critical, but couldn't do with a little bit of weight loss. <laughs> I think most people, you know, 67% of us are overweight or obese. So most people that we know, right, at least two thirds of them could do with a little bit of weight loss. So what do you think the main difference is between, in terms of weight loss, ease of weight loss through if it fits your macros versus actually eating from whole foods? What do you think the, the advantages are of eating whole foods rather than tracking? Uh, the pros and cons of each? Yeah. So, the, I mean, what are the advantages of whole food or eating well over if it fits your macros? Yeah, so say, for example, I was like, okay, either way, I'm going to eat 2,000 calories today. Mm-hmm. One is from food sources that just happen to be 2,000 calories, and the other one is I'm doing it in terms of Maybe 50% of it is healthy, but the other bit is cookies or whatever it is. Okay. Um, well, it's a fairly simple answer. And it's 
most people lose weight. Are we talking just about weight loss? Yeah. Weight okay. Loss. Most people lose weight um, because of self-confidence, self-esteem, energy, health issues. Yeah. Those are the most common, right? Someone looks at themselves in the mirror and goes, I don't know what I've turned into. How has this happened over the last five years, ten years? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like taking my top off. You know, I don't feel attractive anymore. So self-esteem, confidence, and how you feel about yourself are the biggest drivers. So right. when, if, if you're considering losing weight or if you're losing weight, think about, think about why you, you want to lose weight, right? What is driving you to lose weight? Yeah. Um, you always have to keep that in mind. What is your why? Now, if you know your why and you know that it's self-esteem and it's self-confidence, then there are lots of other things that tie into how you feel about yourself. One of them is your energy. One of them is how does your skin look, mm. right? Um, how do others perceive you? Do you suddenly have this glow about you that you look more healthy? Where people ask you and say, oh, you know what? Your skin looks great and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and interesting. Sorry to interrupt. It's interesting you should say that. We all know someone who's in great shape with shit skin. And you're like, you look unhealthy. Like, you're in great shape, but you look really unhealthy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. And that's why, that's why the why is so important. Because, yes, you can lose weight just counting your protein, fat, carbs. But at the end, will you, you know, be suffering from from hair loss because of a nutrient deficiency or will you will your face be worse off will you have bloating will you feel you'll look at yourself and think okay i look decent but why do i feel so rubbish mm. you know and suddenly when you don't feel great even if you look great you feel less confident yeah and, th- and there's always things that affect it and that's why i think this is that's one of the prime reasons why i think if it fits your macros in its traditional sense is shit to put it simply you know yeah. i think that's why the majority of people don't need to do it. I think it's about learning how you can lay out your meals, how you can lay out your plate, how you can structure your day in a simple way that doesn't take too much time um, to achieve two things. Achieve a calorie deficit, so you lose the weight, and achieve nutrient density. In other words, getting the minerals, the vitamins, um, the essential fatty acids, and all the things you need to function well as a human being yeah and to be pro- and it carries over to everything it carries over to how productive you are in work to how you know like i said how much energy you have if you can play with your kids if you can go for a run and feel great if your joints stop hurting all that kind of stuff it all plays into it so yeah. when you're looking to lose weight you've got to consider what you're doing and whether the path that you're going down is the right one Right, so whether you achieve weight loss while being reliant on an app and not actually knowing how your body responds to food versus achieving weight loss by learning how to actually eat and how your body feels in response to various foods. Yeah, yeah. and don't get me wrong, people will judge you. Yeah. Right? People, will, people are manipulative bastards, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, people will always, if someone eats well or, or someone takes their food to work, and I know so many people that experience this. Someone makes their food and they bring it to work and other people will comment or they'll be having cake and they'll say, oh, you won't want any of this because you don't eat this kind of stuff. But sort of snarky remarks where you, you know, you almost get pushed out of the group. And I think it's down to multiple things. I think jealousy is a prime one. Yeah. When someone sees other people achieve things that they 
think they can't do, the best way for them to get around it is to be a dick about it, basically. Yeah, I mean, it isn't just that. I mean, there's, there's a number of facts. I think if someone's doing something that you think is unnecessarily strict, right, then you react. And that's before you see the actual result. Mm. And then after two months, when you see what they've done, and everyone who's been on a weight loss journey or is starting one, I'm, I'm calling something here from personal experience and from everyone I've ever worked with. When you begin, people see you change your habits, they won't react well because they like the old you, not the new you that you're trying to make, right? And in two months time, when they realize what you've done, everyone's gonna be like, what have you done? Tell me this amazing new diet you're on. And you're like, well, turns out it Tell was exercise and eating well. Yeah. Like who would have thought? And they're like, no, no. Oh, there's a phone ringing. One second. Right, now that we've averted that crisis, <laughs> the phone stopped ringing. Um, yeah, as I was saying, so everyone wants to know the secret, right? People want to know, you know, are you doing keto now? Are you doing is it keto Weight Watchers? Is it... Are you are you counting points? Are you counting calories? Are you counting macros? And you're like, no, I'm moving more and I'm eating well. And people aren't satisfied with that. And I think that's actually what it is. I think that's why you get a lot of negative comments is because surely it can't be that simple. It's almost a personal insult, right? If you've yeah. been overweight your whole life, right, and you can't do something this simple and one of your friends comes along and just does it, like that must hurt somewhere a little bit. And I remember from my personal story, I mean, I fortunately took it the right way and found it quite inspirational. When I was obese and I was in uni the first time around, when I was, you know, I mean, I, I was, I wasted space and time when I was there, but um, I had a friend called Sean and we were both obese. Um, he might have not been obese actually, but and either way, he was a, a big boy. Um, but anyway, so he was a, a, a big guy and uh, I didn't see him for a few months and he came back and he'd lost a load, a load of weight and he looked so good. And I was like, Sean, this is incredible. How have you done this? And he was like, well, I just ate well and did lots of squats. And I was like, what? Surely that can't be it. Surely it's more difficult than that. And no, as it turns out, um, you know, did it a short while after that. I also just went to the gym. Didn't only do squats, but, you know, ate well and went to the gym. And there we go. 24 kilos lost in three months. Yeah. You know, that, you know, is, is a, a large amount. Like that's a lot of weight. 24 kilos in three months. Was that in stone? Or pounds. Oh, either way, it's like 55, 60 pounds, something like that, isn't it? Yeah, so it's times 2.2. Yeah. But either way, it's, it's a lot of weight for a three-month period of time. And, you know, it's enough for us to be able to use it as an advertisement point. Like, Vianney's sure. lost that much weight in that much time. But realistically, what did I actually do? You know, minimal effort. Like, I just ate well. I went to the gym three times a week. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's nothing. Like, it's just nothing. So, but the, the point that I'm making here is that I didn't even know about macros or calories. You know, it was just a case of eating what I thought was healthy at the time, which actually in hindsight wasn't very healthy, but it was still an improvement on sausages and chips, which is what I was <laughs> eating before. And you know, um, that's how simple it is. So what is our takeaway message regarding if it fits your macros and the dangers to avoid, right? <laughs> Beyond the fact that we're not fans <laughs> of it quite clearly, what do we avoid? So we obviously think that food sources are more important right? For sure. Food source, focus on food source. So don't be afraid of carbohydrates. Don't be afraid of fats. Don't overthink protein too much. Eat for health. Lay out half your plate with vegetables at every meal. Kind of mess around with the rest, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, it's, it's so simple. Move a bit if you're trying to lose weight, but we're talking about from a, from a food perspective, this, cause this is about if it fits your macros, right? So Really, all it is, is focus on having as many vegetables as you possibly can in a day in whatever way you want. 
besides sort of deep frying them. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> That's a good point. Don't don't go deep frying potatoes. <laughs> it doesn't count. A chip isn't a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really, it is. You know, get some greens. Get a whole bunch of different colours: reds, purples, blues, greens. Everything you can possibly get, and get a combination. Look up different salads, different things you can find. Think about if you've been traveling, what countries you've been to, and, and you know if there's a particular food you really liked. Learn those different recipes if you want. Um, but so, the other thing you can do is you can always make a small salad or a bowl of some sort of salad on the side or as a starter if mm. you want, and you'll feel very posh with the whole thing. If you have, if you make every meal, you make yourself a starter. And the main. Yeah. Um, but that's a good way. And it gets you extra extra points from the nutritional perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, this is what I do. So I have a bowl of some sort of salad. And then I have my main meal, which is also largely vegetables. And, and, then, and some other stuff. But that's really it. It's focus on getting... And if you want, you can even... You, if you want to go down the tracking route, which of course you can... Um, you know, if you disagree with what we're saying, that's totally fine. You can use something like chronometer, um, spelled C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R, um, which is an app that tracks micronutrients. So it tracks minerals, vitamins, fats, etc. And all you, all you do is you just enter things. Because if you're really interested in seeing, okay, am I actually getting the vitamins and the calcium and everything that I need in a day, then sure, chuck it into chronometer, but don't be obsessive. It, it, it shouldn't become your new crux. It's, you know, learn to eat, learn to look after yourself, and then eat that way, and then maintain the way you look for life and feel great about it. Yeah, so a good way to look at it is um, enter things into a chronometer out of curiosity. So how well am I doing today out of curiosity? Yeah, right? sure. And then maybe try and improve on not your macronutrients, but your micronutrients. If you're like, oh, normally I don't hit iron, for example. Yeah. I'm going to increase the amount of spinach that I eat, or I'm going to increase the amount of black beans that I eat, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and that way you'll actually learn about food, you'll learn what's in food, and you'll instinctively get this really nice map of how every meal should be. And actually, that's where we want to be. We all want to age not tracking stuff, right? We all want to be able to just eat foods that we like, that we know are good for us, mm. and be in great shape at the same time. That's right? It. So that's it. 